Orbital Gardens, this is Mission Control. We are confirming acquisition of your signal. You are live in 5, 4, 3, 2... Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Gardeners of the Galaxy, the podcast for all of the sentient beings in the universe who have a passion for plants. I'm Emma the Space Gardener and I will be your host as we explore gardening on Earth and beyond. Wikipedia has a list of astronauts by nationality and it says that by January 2018 people from 37 countries had travelled into space. Most countries had only sent one or perhaps two astronauts, with most space travellers originating in the US or Russia. No doubt that will change as we get further into this new era of commercial spaceflight, but one of the things that I enjoy is seeing the astronauts on the International Space Station coming together and exploring their cultural similarities and differences. In the USA, May was Asian American and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander Heritage Month, and as part of that, NASA released a video called What's on the Menu? Food and Culture on the Space Station, which you can find on YouTube. The video talks about the importance of food in Indian and Chinese cultures and the inclusive standard menu on the ISS. One of the truly wondrous things about Earth is the sheer diversity of life that it supports, and one of the ways we experience that is through the different foods and food crops in different cultures. So I was excited to see JAXA's Asian Herbs in Space program, which sent 22 different herb seeds to the ISS in 2021. The list included sweet basil from Japan, celery and onion from Indonesia, pahutukawa from New Zealand, and that's a flowering tree in the myrtle family, red quinoa, sweet peppers, sunflowers and orchids from Taiwan, holy basil seeds from Nepal, and Australia sent seeds from its national flower, the golden wattle. One giant leap Australia chose to send the golden wattle seeds into space as part of a nationwide education programme comparing the growth of space-flown and earthbound seeds, which came to be called Wattle Happen to the Wattle. I've been closely following the journey of the wattle seeds into space and back down to Earth, so I'm thrilled that the mission specialist for this episode is Jackie Carpenter, founder and director of One Giant Leap Australia, who's here to tell us what has happened to the wattle. Before we hear from Jackie, though, I would like to give a big shout out to the wonderful people who support this show with financial contributions that really do make a difference. From just £1 a month, you can join our community of space gardeners and help me keep the astrobotany anecdotes flowing. Visit patreon.com forward slash gardeners of the galaxy for more details. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to Gardeners of the Galaxy. It's great to have you on the show today. It's exciting, Emma. It's been ages. We've been talking or virtually emailing backwards and forwards, sending messages and going, this is a good date and that didn't work. And so it's finally great that the planets have aligned and we're online. We are, yes. And this is this is probably the furthest conversation that I've had over Zoom because um, I'm in the UK and you're in Australia. So that, you know, the magic of internet technology. <laughs> Okay, so we're here today to talk about seeds in space because you are the founder and director of One Giant Leap Australia and you are in the midst of or you've done, um, you've sent seeds into space for Australian school children. So what made you consider a project using seeds in space? What happened was we were just asked by the Japanese space agency in the middle of a teleconference Australia, do you want to send seeds to space? Okay. And before anyone could say no, I said yes. 
So my husband was kicking me under the table going, what have you signed up for? <laughs> um, and this is because the Australian Space Agency support us in in our STEM outreach that we're doing in Australia and globally. So we were doing a project called the Asian Herb in Space Program, and it's got two missions. And the first mission was growing sweet basil and holy basil on the space station, but then they needed ground control experiments to happen. So we started to do that, and we sent out 300 kits around Australia, and all the kids were growing um, sweet basil. And then in the middle of that, they said, well, mission two is space travel seeds. So, okay, this sounds interesting. And that's when they asked if we want to be involved. Of course, I said yes, with no budget, um, <laughs> and just went, yeah, we want to do that, yay. And they said, Australia, what seeds do you want to send? I went, oh, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> um, because it's not, I, I think gardening's in my skill set down just above my poor cooking skills. Right. Um, okay, I have a Facebook page, 50 Shades of Charcoal. That's my cooking <laughs> page. So, um, so really and truly, I had no idea. So I, I racking my brains and I said to my husband after we'd gone off the teleconference and he got made the shock, I said to him, it has to be iconic. It really needs to be something. If it's Australia and it's the first time we're doing it, it's got to be our national floral emblem, the wattle. And then, I, and so I said, it has to be the golden wattle. So I told Jackson it was going to be the golden wattle. And then about three o'clock in the morning, I oh know, two weeks later, I came, I just went, oh, I know, what'll happen to the wattle? <laughs> and that's how that all started. So um, it's just been an incredible experience trying to get it all to happen. And I think what's really important is you can't just randomly send seeds around the place and yeah. say to someone, this is an amazing plant in the middle of Africa, go grow it in the Sahara Desert or, you know, something that carries disease that can wipe out a whole crop of, of food for a country. It's all of those rules, regulations, all of those things that Jackie didn't know anything about. Um, because my background is primary teaching. So when I said golden wattle, I really, I just knew I'd have to take little steps and just sort through each single problem as it came up. So, and then we thought what we'll do is we'll send the seeds up, but we'll keep the same seed lot of seeds down here. And, and so then we developed an experiment where groups of people could apply and they got six seeds that stayed on Earth and six seeds that went to space from the same seed lot. So then they can compare the germination and the growth. They can compare anything else that they want to compare, but my limited amount of knowledge, I figured what I wanted to do was just have a baseline, and then if anyone did anything extra like gen genome, whatever, genetics, whatever, if they had the ability and they had the resource go for it. Yeah. But if you're a preschool and we want to inspire our kids from a young age to come into these areas and careers. So if they were young and they didn't have the resource, if they were from a, a place that didn't have budget for all these expensive things, they could still participate. So to me, it was really important to include everybody. Equity is really, really important to the things that One Giant Leap does. So 
it was funny because then I had to work out how to get the seeds to Japan. Then from Japan, they went to America. Then from America, they went to space. Then they came back the same way. And even in our own country, I, I live in New South Wales, to send seeds to Western Australia, they need another inspection on the border in our own country. So I didn't know all these things when I started. And I've just met amazing people along the way. And it's just been the right people in the right place picking up the phone that have enabled us to actually get it all to happen. So we've we had kids sitting up in the middle of the night watching the rocket launch and teachers were up making little videos about it because it went for too long and the kids' concentration spans were out the window <laughs> and stories and things that people have done. So we really, because of COVID, we really couldn't do like a ready, set, go thing with the thing with it and like everyone was going to plant their waddle on this day because each each environment is different so some schools were locked down some schools weren't some uneven schools we have preschools we have girl guide groups we have all different different groups involved so it was difficult to to keep it the project continuing and going along teachers leading schools programs you know so we created an app and the app that is gathering, they're gathering all the information on the app. So it's not time sensitive. It's more about like right now it'd be useless to grow up because it's so cold. Yeah. You know, so schools um, are waited this year to even get started. There are some schools that haven't even started yet, but it's just been an amazing experience trying to make it all happen. And I'll never forget, I... You know, when you do something and you just don't realise how monumental it is until it's finished? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't know. I've never done a PhD or something. Maybe that's how you feel with that. But honestly, I was just one thing at a time. We had to become a grain exporter at some point. Um, and people were asking me how many shiploads of wheat were I exporting <laughs> out of Australia. I'm going, well, I'm not. It's like a 100, like you know, model seeds, then funny questions around, well, we don't really have a bit of paper for that. Because if you think about it, you export something out of your country and it gets either, when it comes back, it's made into something else. Yes. So iron ore goes out, steel comes in. Wheat goes out, bread comes back. So we sent the same thing out and brought it back and yeah. that's just not yeah. that's just weird because it <laughs> says where does it come from you go australia but hang on it can't because it's coming from japan well it is because it came from australia and it went and they went we don't care about the space bit it's about <laughs> that it came from another country i'm going oh you have no idea anyway <laughs> so um having those conversations on the phone and then i'll get back to you i have to ask the person above me i don't know the answer sign this form, pay this money, oh, we've got you to sign the wrong form, here's your refund back. All of that went on. Yeah. And um, But it's been hilarious. Like I said, I've met the most incredible people, people so inspired, honoured to be part of things, especially the agriculture people. When it, they came back, they were really honoured to be the ones to get them from Japan and actually inspect the seeds. They, they were really, they said it was a moment in their lives I'll never forget. And like I said, I 
didn't even think about it. It was just like process, process, process. Yeah. And then when they came back and I'm sitting here at my home, and I've gone, I can't believe this. I actually sent this stuff to space and got it back again. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is what I said to the teachers, please do not just be in a rush to plant them. Yeah. Get the kids to hold them in their hand, take a photo, get your community involved, bring in the mums and dads and the grandmas and the, you know, the gardener, whoever, let them all hold them. And because once you plant them, yeah, they're in the ground. You can't see them anymore. Yeah. Hold something that's come from space that we sent to space and got back. And just think about that's a seed that's going to grow into something. And I want you to stop and think and hold it and, and have a moment. And um, it was funny, I got an email the other day. This teacher said, you're not going to believe this, but I've lost one of my earth seeds. Like, these seeds are really little. And yeah. I said, oh, she goes, because we had 660 kids hold the like <laughs> One disappeared. <laughs> so they listened to what I said. And I went, oh, look, I'll send you some more because the earth seeds it's are very easy. easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was really, really funny. But um, these kids all and the people involved, you know, you sit around the table 20 years' time and you go, what was the monumental thing that you did? A lot of them are going to say, I actually grew something that we sent to space and came back again. And um, and that's the, the core. Like, One Giant Leap Australia Foundation, I started it because I want people to have this really life-changing moment and I want everyone to be able to have that moment if they want to. Yeah. It's been amazing. It's uh, for my simple yes on a teleconference to having to find someone who's an expert in Waddle. And he's my, <laughs> ask Jeffrey. Jeffrey is uh, a gardener who contacted me and just really was, he collects seeds and he went, could I have someone? I said, only if you could be my ask Jeff, my like ask Jeeves. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, ask I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I've got an ask, ask Jeffrey. So <laughs> Jeffrey's my guy that if a school writes and I have no idea, I just go and I say, put it in, the, in your um, address box, ask Jeffrey. And then Jeffrey gets back to me and he goes, tells me what the answer is. And then I help them. So yeah, it's just, uh, it's just been amazing. So we now have them growing in Mohammed bin Rashid Space Centre in the UAE. They were gifted by our Governor-General, who's the highest-ranking person in our country. We um, happened to be in Dubai doing a project there, and the Governor-General presented the seeds in resin, in a frame, and I knew that they would want some to grow. So I had some in Dubai, and they were excited to get this. And then I could say to them, if you want to grow them, I can give you some. So they've got some. And then there's some schools and a planetarium in California who are going to grow them. And they're allowed. I've already looked up all the regulations, rules. Um, like I said, right at the beginning, you have to be really careful of this stuff. Yeah. And then um, the Australian Embassy in Tokyo has been growing them now for six months. And they're going to gift them to the Imperial family when they're finished. And we've got a map so we know where they all are because often you can do this and then people go, where are they? go, well, we don't know. So our app has a location map on them and there's tags of all the different places that um, have registered to do it. So anyone can see that. So you just go to Seeds in Space, go to what will happen to the Waddle, and you'll see in the top left-hand corner it says use our mobile app. 
click on that and go to my community and you'll see there's a map and it has all tags of all the places that have started to grow them and registered. Anyone can have a look at the, the graphs and the tables and, and the kids are probably, I think this is the biggest space science experiment ever done in my country. Yeah. Um, we have over 300 locations, more than 180,000 kids enrolled in those schools. And so lots of um, television and newspaper and news things that the schools have done. Someone asked me once, did I have a list? I went, that would be, <laughs> I, I think you'd have to employ 10 people to get that done. Uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's um, certainly been a journey, an amazing journey. And then from that, we've got a project we're calling the Tulsi Project, where we're going to try and connect up schools to grow holy basil in different countries so that they buy their own holy basil seeds. I want to just have it so that they can compare it. So will the holy basil grow in your environment like it grows in mine? Because even just that, how come yours is growing taller than my wall? What's the temperature like? How much water did you, you know? And it starts that whole conversation, but it also starts a conversation about culture and it talks about where people live, how they live, what their lives are like, and then you look into that, and that's tolerance and diversity, and I think it, it brings an, an element to what the kids do to get an understanding of how other people live. Yeah. And then, you know, less assumption and less judgmental about things. So, yeah, so it's more than just kind of just growing plants, I think, but you would know that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have a question. So you, you said right at the beginning, you sort of, you, you leapt into this without really knowing what you were getting yourself into. So, I mean, the first step for me would be, where do I get my wattle seeds? So, you know, <laughs> did you just go and buy them, you know, so, or like an off the shelf thing? Or did you have to find somebody who could supply you with wattle seeds? I went to our seed bank. I, I rang them up and I just said, I'm going to be doing this thing. And the lady on the other end of the phone just was just amazing. She goes, well, I happen to have from Victoria these seats. And I've gone, well, that's cool. And she said, well, I'll just pack them up and send them to you. And that's how that started. And what's really funny is everyone says, how much did it cost, right? Like I said to you, no budget. How much do you think it cost us to send the seats to space and get them back again? Well, actually, it cost $16.59. <laughs> That's a long way to go on no budget, the ultimate I know. And so I, I think about Buzz Aldrin's. Oh, do you know he, he put an invoice in for his trip to the moon for overtime or something? Like that. It just makes me laugh because that was the DHL fees from Canberra to Sydney. Um, they came back in a diplomatic bag. And it was funny, and that whole thing, that was an esky. Do you know what an esky is, like a polystyrene uh, thing? Yeah, that, like a cooler, a hard oh, cooler box, yeah, isn't it? it? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but it came back. Well, I thought a diplomatic bag, like I had, what do you think, leather? Like a briefcase buckles. or, a, yeah, something yeah. fancy. But, no, it can be anything, can't it? It could just be a box. <laughs> it was a polystyrene, like, cooler wrapped in yellow and green, which is the Australian sport colours, right? Green and gold. <laughs> yeah. And that's the wattle. That's why it's green and gold, because of the wattle, wrapped in this tape, fragile and all this kind of stuff. And when they opened it, 
there were the wattle seeds in little bags lying on a bed of polystyrene peanuts so they wouldn't get hurt. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> it was like, it made me laugh, but it also made me cry to think about how much care that they put into making sure that they got, um, back, yeah. that they got back and everything was fine. Because my fear, how much do we lose? And not not putting down the mail system, they, they deal with so much mail every day. Yeah. And especially with um, COVID, the increase in the mail and the they were not ready for the capacity or, or the amount of stuff. So I was really scared that I'd get it all the space, get it back and then lose it in the post. Because if you think about seed packs, they're only little, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually was talking to the agriculture department and I said, I'm really, really scared. I've got all these kids waiting, all these teachers waiting, communities waiting. Imagine if at the last minute we get them all the way up there, all the way back, seven months in space and lost in the post. <laughs> and that's why they came back in a diplomatic bag because we were all terrified that it would be. Because it's not like you can just go buy more. No. You know what I mean? No, you've got to go through and, it all again. Um, yeah. And all the government departments, everyone, like I said to you, the amount of people that just on the other end of the phone who helped just out of the goodness of their own heart, it's just a testament to um, to all the beautiful people out there who really, when the phone rings, take on board someone else's problem and makes it yeah. makes it their problem and then they help you fix it. So, <laughs> yeah, the diplomatic bag was hilarious. And you'll see pictures <laughs> of that on the website, um, of that esky of the cooler. Yeah, fabulous. It's, um, it's just been a crazy, crazy thing. And I'm so, I am really, really glad. We have, um, if anyone's listening and they want to see all the entries from the schools, because we said to the schools, you have to apply. You need to tell us why we should choose you to get these special seeds. And then we wanted a two-minute video. So I have everything from zombie teachers who <laughs> pretended to eat the space seeds, um, walking around a computer lab with their arms outstretched in science lab coats, to kids whose school their orchard burnt down in the fire in the bushfires because mm. it was at the time of the fires, yeah. right? And we lost six million hectares of bushland. Yeah. And one school, the parents had fundraised all this money and they built the kids an orchard. And it was amazing. And they opened it in November and it burnt down in December. Ugh. And so the video footage of Kwama School, Q-U-A-A-M-A, is up on our on our YouTube channel. And they say, this is our school and it's still like smouldering. Um, and then and then what really got me was they had to kind of cut trees and everything because the trees yeah. were all burnt, so they cut them down. And then there was a this big truck that was there getting rid of debris and it actually fell on the framework of their orchard. So not only did the orchard burn down, but then all the framework of the orchard got squashed by the truck. And they just said, we just want some colour because yeah. Waddle's so beautiful. We just want some colour back in our in our school. And they showed a video of the kids who lived next door to the school and their home was rubble. Yeah. Um, so that was really, please, uh, like, please choose us. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's story after story. So every single location has got its own story. 
a school where their gardener passed away and they want to plant the space bottle in his memory in a memorial grove as people walk past the school. Yeah. They'll, um, they're going to put a plaque there so people know. So it's not just about the science. It's the emotional attachment to, to gardening, yeah. you know. And we know the mental health benefits. We know that long-distance space travel, we need to grow stuff. But we also know that it is really good for you to smell those smells like the basil and, and those strong smells because they give you memories of home and they give you memories of good things. And the whole project has just grown and grown. So we had Wattle Day on September the 1st in Australia and um, I think that was waning a bit. And so what's happened now is because everyone's growing the wattle, the patriotism has built. And uh, there was one school, because kids are in lockdown, they painted wattle on rocks and they called the project Wattle Rocks. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so you can see it in the news section of the Seeds in Space website. And they put all these rocks around the community and the kids had to go out and find one. They could only take one. And um, if they found another one, they could move it. So you had all these kids actively out in the community trying to find these rocks. And they didn't just paint wattle. They painted Where's Wally on them. They painted astronauts and wattle. So I have a number of them here um, that I begged them, please send me some because the teacher who painted them was awesome. So I have these um, rocks with an astronaut with wattle everywhere on them. <laughs> Lovely. There's a great memory. But that's going to happen continually with every location, they'll come up with different ideas, different things, and then we post it up so we share that with everyone. And hopefully it'll inspire other people um, who are listening to maybe just try to do something, bring community together, yeah. bring a smile on people's faces and, you know, and have a bit of fun. <laughs> and so the serious bit of this is if, if we know that nothing has happened to the wattle, you know, like the first question on my website is, will aliens grow? Well, I don't know. We've never done this before. <laughs> what if nothing happens? What if it's okay to have acacia pigmentha, which is golden wattle? What, what if it's okay in space? What if we work out what seeds we can actually store up there and we can create a space seed bank? Yeah. And then it's protected from everybody. I, I truly, I wasn't anyone who fully understood seeds and all of that, like until I started to do this project. So if we can work on this, we could make a, a galactic seed bank, right? Yeah. That just floats around. I mean, you, you can have organisations responsible, not governments, you know. Yeah. It could really make a huge difference. Because you asked me where did I get my seeds from, I got them from a seed bank. Yeah. What if I can't do that anymore? Yeah. What if something happens in the future where we don't have any of that seed left? That's a very sobering thought. That's Yeah, that's species annihilation. But I was also thinking about it when we had the seeds in space. Yeah. Around could we store them in space? Yeah, because as you say, I mean, it's not just the biodiversity that you lose and that sort of genetic heritage. It's the culture that goes around it as well. And that's why we have the Tulsi project, which is holy basil, because holy basil culturally in the Asia region is really, really important. Yeah. Not just in cooking, 
but you'll find it in pot plants in front of people's homes. And so you lose the culture as well as the species. Yeah. And then if you look at our Indigenous people, and I'm not, I don't just mean Australia's Indigenous people, they are tasked with looking after. Often it's a water hot hole or a plant or the environment. They're tasked with looking after that the unimaginable loss that they would feel if they lost something that they were tasked with looking after. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just turned into this amazingly complicated project. (laughs) Yeah. It's just amazing. So I'm so glad I said yes. (laughs) I I was scared about saying yes, but I said yes anyway. So now it's like, well, now what? So we started the Tulsi project my next thing, and yeah, no one's listening. Um, my <laughs> next thing, I would love to do bees, put bees on the space station. Ah, yeah. How are we going to pollinate? <laughs> How do you pollinate fruit? Yeah, that was an interesting question because they did have to, when they grew the, the chili peppers, they did have to resort to manual pollination in the end, yeah. And so how do bees navigate around? Do they use the magnetic north? Do they use the horizon? Should we send stingless bees? What if an astronaut's anaphylactic and gets stung? (laughs) They swell up in their space suit. Um, You know, Australia's got some pretty bizarre, like, bees. We have this one that's blue and it's like a blue stripy thing, but it's stingless. But it's also a loner, and so it doesn't need a hive. Yeah. So do we send stuff that's not... A team player? Do we need like rebel bees? You know, <laughs> the whole rebel alliance. I don't know. Anyway, so um, but we're we're thinking like maybe bees. Maybe we should kind of see who's crazy enough to let one giant leap send bees, bees to space. Bees. I will look yeah. forward to that. Okay, so I mean, you're talking about you know what your next projects are for One Giant Leap and the people on the ground. Have you ever thought about going into space yourself? Is it something you would like to do? Um, no, I am more than happy with two feet on the ground. I love. I, I have friends who are astronauts, actually. Greg Chamatoff, who spent two hundred days on the space station, and I think I was sitting with him um, in a pub, and we were drinking. He was drinking uh, what we call a fire engine, like a red lemonade, and I was drinking a, a, a Diet Coke. And we're sitting in this pub, and I asked him, you know, what's it like to train for all those years, 10 years or so, and then do a spacewalk? Like, what does that feel like? And he said, well, you come out, you spin out of the hatch, and you hold on, and they go stand by. So you're holding on to this thing, and you're belting along with the space station. You're holding on. The only way you know you're moving is with your eyes because yeah. you can look down the earth's moving because your hairs on your face aren't moving because when you walk and all that. And he said, and you look down and I, and I said, well, what do you think? Because I'd be thinking like, whoa, let me back in again, you know. <laughs> and he goes, you look down and you think kids, wife, work, everything, family, yeah. all your friends, security. He said, then you look out and it's pitch black. And it takes you all your energy not to let go to find out what's there. And I said, and that's why you're an astronaut and I'm not. Because I would be clinging off the green death guard like, oh, and enough now. It's like being on a crazy roller coaster. <laughs> I'd love to go to the edge of space and look down. Yeah. I'd love to do that. But to go and actually go and live on the moon or I think I'm too old 
to actually even contemplate that, you know? Yeah. Okay. So you personally don't particularly want to go to space, but if we dragged you there um, Mm -hmm. and said you can pack one plant in your hand luggage to take with you, what plant would you choose? I would choose a sunflower. Ah. Why? Because it's like the sun, right? (laughs) If I'm somewhere and I've got this bright, cheery, big sunflower looking at me, and it's got lots of seeds, so it means I can grow not just one but lots. Yeah. I could eat them when I'm hungry. Yep. But more than that, easy to grow, something I probably couldn't kill. Um, (laughs) Yeah, if it's too complicated, I wouldn't be able to do it. But um, just bright and yellow and cheerful, you know? Yeah. And if we've got cockatoos or parrots or something, we can feed them the sunflowers too. (laughs) Space I mean, it does have a – yeah, it does have um, some bush tucker elements to it. But, you know, I think a sunflower, I think because it would be easy. Yeah, it would be pretty, yeah. I'm just now thinking would a giant sunflower how how giant would it grow in space would it be the entire length of the space station <laughs> Yeah I wonder how big it would grow so maybe that's the next thing maybe we should send some sunflowers up there I wonder if they've actually done I don't think they have not officially large. that I'm aware of but there was an astronaut, an astronaut called Don Pettit who grew some unofficially he grew space sunflower alongside space zucchini and space broccoli uh-huh. But he didn't really have any resources, so it was in a like plastic bag and stuff like that. So, <laughs> but I just think, yeah, a sunflower because if you're feeling lonely and you're missing home, it's yeah. that nice, bright, cheery thing. I mean, you yeah. you briefly mentioned bush tucker then, and you're the you're the first Australian that we've had on the show, and I I do enjoy sort of you know stories about bush tucker. Are you into bush tucker? Are you do you like eating native foods? I can tell you about waddle. Um, they make wattle seed scones and there's lots of wattle seed this and that and yeah. the wattle tree I think they called it the shut up tree because they give the kids the gum to chew and stick their <laughs> teeth together um, so there's all these different stories that I've heard and there's a, a place called Dalwallanu which is in Western Australia and they have wattle week and um, you know the tree the use of the tree the the seeds and all of that. So I have tried various types of bush tucker. I kind of have not tried witchetty grubs. I'm not much interested in that. But I have had bush big jams and things delicious, very intense flavours. Yeah. If they have intense flavours, maybe they'd make really good sort of additions to the space food menu. So, yeah. Well, actually... I saw today there was a truck going through London with the Vegemite um, logo on it about its 100th birthday is coming up or something. Really? Expecting a letter from the Queen, right? <laughs> and, I just, and this is just out of nowhere. I really, really want to put Vegemite on board the space station because it's a really strong flavour. Yeah. And so I've been chatting around this idea for a number of years going, imagine – if what you did was you got all the astronauts to have some on toast or on, well, they can't have toast up there. So Tortilla. Flat bread. Yeah. yeah, something like that. And they measure how much they have because it wouldn't be a much because most people think you put it on like peanut butter. You do you that. You don't. It's the fins. Right, yeah. And then go to space, stay like in a month's time, then how much Vegemite would you need to actually taste it? 
because it would be like peanut butter, right? <laughs> so I don't tell the, the Vegemite people because they might take my idea and go, yes, we're going to put Vegemite on the space station. So, um, yeah, so that's something. That if I had anything to do with um, an astronaut going up, I would be going, can you secretly take my Vegemite? Yeah. <laughs> do my little experiment, my taste test in space. Yeah. <laughs> and it's vegetable. It's vegetable. So um, it's, yeah, so it's a vegetable protein. So it's just interesting. But, yeah, <laughs> Australia, it's a crazy place. But, um, you know, but honestly, it's just um, for, for to be given an opportunity to talk about this project has made me really realise how massive it's become. Yeah. Yeah, nothing is, nothing is small anymore, certainly not in terms of space. Everything goes global, which I think is just brilliant. But I really, truly want to put a big shout-out to the Japanese Space Agency and the Australian Space Agency for supporting us and the J Australia-Japan Foundation supporting us um, in getting this project done yeah. and helping us get the word out globally to everybody. So who knows what's next? Who knows? If I do bees, we can always uh, talk about pollination. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> you can come back on the show and talk about your bees. That would be awesome. <laughs> or the Vegemite. <laughs> we'll make an exception the for the Vegemite. <laughs> well, Jackie, it has been brilliant having you on the show and talking about your projects. Absolutely wonderful. It'd be great to see how those wattle get on over the years. All right. Thank you so much, Jackie. It's been great to meet you. Okay, nice to meet you too. And big hugs from Australia. Thanks again to Jackie for sharing her stories about wattle seeds in space. You can find out more via One Giant Leap Australia and the Seeds in Space website, and I'll put both of those links in the show notes for you. You'll find those on my website, which is theunconventionalgardener.com. I can hardly believe it, but later this month, Gardeners of the Galaxy will be celebrating its second birthday. And for that, we've got a very special interview with Dr. Annalisa Paul, one of the team of scientists who recently conducted groundbreaking experiments growing the first plants in genuine moon rock collected during the Apollo missions. You won't want to miss that. In the meantime, that's it for this episode. Thanks again to my patrons for supporting the show, and don't forget you can sign up to the Gardeners of the Galaxy newsletter for new episode alerts and bonus astrobotany content. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Orbital Gardens, this is Mission Control. Confirming termination of your signal. I have to tell you that the higher-ups aren't sure about running another allium experiment. They think there are too many leaks on board already.